Hello, I'm Deborah, and I'm going to be finishing off our Love Work series. We've been thinking about how we put love into action so that our closest relationships are healthy and strong. If you remember five weeks ago, Ed kicked off our series looking at how when it comes to love, Jesus is our ultimate example. You know, Jesus dying on a cross in our place was the ultimate demonstration of him valuing us. In that moment, he submitted himself to us. He put our forgiveness ahead of his glory. Then Rob explained to us using the 1 Corinthians 13 passage what love is. That it's patient, it's kind, it, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. And how God's spirit working through us can produce in us this kind of love. Not just a kind of fairy tale love that's only ever known, smiling and wonder and wonderful. It's a love that's gone through testing and yet it's come through, it's persevered. This is the wonder of God's love for us. But it's the wonder of God's love in us. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Philip uh, helped us think about how to communicate well, especially when we're hurt and upset and tensions are running high. And then finally, when you've listened for words, listened for meaning, wait and take your time, then speak. We heard from Rachel who helped us to take up the challenge to forgive. Jesus himself, when he taught his disciples to pray, you may be familiar with this verse. He says, look, you want to know how to pray? This is how you pray. And he lays out the Lord's Prayer. And within the Lord's Prayer, he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. When we choose to forgive, that's where we can find freedom and wholeness. And last week, Ed spoke about the opportunities and challenges of singleness and the role we all have to play in being inclusive and welcoming. You know, at Highgrove, we want to be a church full of people of every age and stage and situation. And we need people of every age and stage and situation because that's what being the body of Christ is all about. Everyone valued, everyone fully belonging and getting stuck in as an indispensable part of the body of Christ. The onus is on all of us to play our part in helping everyone to belong. When we look at the Bible, we don't just find good advice from a wise and ancient book, but we're pointed towards Jesus. As we've looked at the Bible throughout this series, the character and actions of Jesus has shone through Jesus, who loves unconditionally, who loves sacrificially, who forgives, who speaks with words of grace and mercy, who came to put the lonely into families, and as we'll find out today, who wants to be at the centre of all of our relationships. So we're going to finish off the series thinking about what it means for us to put Jesus at the centre of our relationships, especially, but not exclusively, our marriage relationships. Ecclesiastes 4 says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. 
the book of Ecclesiastes is a compilation of lots of wise sayings. This is a great verse to finish our relationship series on. It's often used at weddings, but of course there's, there's no mention of marriage. It's relevant to all sorts of relationships. So in the same way that last week some of what Ed said was relevant to those who are single, today some of the things I say will be particularly relevant to married couples, but other bits will be relevant to, to everyone. Now, I don't use social media very often, but sometimes I will open up an app with a specific task in mind to find something out or, or post some news. And invariably, 20 minutes later, I will have scrolled through hundreds of posts and completely forgotten why I was on there in the first place. And life itself has a way of doing that. We can get so distracted with our work, our relationships, our marriages, our families, that we forget why we're on this earth in the first place. As a follower of Jesus, I believe God has made each of us for a mission, a mission to love and serve him and to share the good news about him with others. And he's given us friendships and family and marriage to help us in that mission. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Paul is quoting the genesis account of Adam and Eve and God's plan for, for marriage from the beginning. But he's also connecting the concept of marriage with how one day Jesus will be reunited with us, the church. There's something of, of what Paul is saying is that every marriage is to reflect something of that first marriage of, of Adam and Eve's role together of caring for the world but that every marriage should also reflect something of the very last, the marriage of Christ to his church. That as Christians, our marriages should honour God with how we treat our wives and husbands, but that our marriages should also serve God's purpose of mission to the world around us. Like the entirety of our lives, our marriages are meant to glorify God, but sometimes we can get off track and it feels like our marriage is the mission itself, looking after one another and serving one another, especially when family expands. And not just marriage and family, it's easy for all of our friendships and relationships to be inward looking, to just enjoy hanging out with one another rather than as an opportunity to invite others in. Now, of course, our first responsibility is to God, our, our second is to our spouse. But I read this statement that I think is really helpful. A good marriage isn't two people standing face to face, gazing into one another's eyes. Rather, a good marriage is two people standing side by side, gazing ahead at what God has for them. If we're putting Jesus at the centre, how can our marriage not be an opportunity to be self-serving and inward looking, but mean we can put be, be on a mission together. If we're putting Jesus at the centre, how can our friendships be used to support others? 
I think one simple thing we can do is offer hospitality, opening up our homes or gardens to invite others in, inviting others around for a meal or even just a cup of tea. You know, we've all been starved of hospitality for the last 15 months, haven't we? Let's, in this new phase, make it a priority. Who can you include? Who can you invite? Of course, it can be costly, not financially necessarily, but in terms of our time and energy, it's costly to include others. Our instinct is to look inwards, but our mission is to look outward. Now, we can all have verses from the Bible which are important to us. We can all have these life verses that, that um, guide or encourage us. One of my life verses is verse 11. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Because I always have cold feet. Poor Ed has spent most of his adult life as my hot water bottle. But seriously, these are great verses because they speak about teamwork. I am a big fan of teamwork. I had my COVID vaccine last Saturday and I have to admit, I got a little emotional looking around that school hall at this amazing example of teamwork. Doctors, nurses, volunteers working in harmony to accomplish this mammoth task. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour. I love all the great serving teams at Highgrove. We couldn't have carried on meeting online over this last 18 months if it wasn't for lots of people stepping up and counting themselves as part of team to make our Sunday gatherings. But our children's church and uh, Devo youth teams have also been phenomenal. And our small group leaders have been so faithful and committed in their care and support of their groups when they, like all of us, have often been under intense pressure. Team is important, but it's also really fun, especially when we've stepped up to challenges. Some of the most fun times I've had is when a team I've been part of, uh, part of has extended themselves. I've experienced this at the noise every year and especially at Hope 2018 where we had five days of hard work and constant interaction with Devo and hundreds of other young people serving the city. I've loved being part of the team organising the Chinese banquets we've had uh, here in the building for women in the community where we'd be clearing up until midnight while singing and dancing to ABBA. When we get married, we become a permanent team. It's not just you and me anymore, it's us. Which means my choices impact on you and your choices impact on me. I can't just decide how I spend my time and my money. It needs to be a joint decision how we spend our time and our money. It doesn't mean we have to do everything together, but our decision making needs to be joined. Ephesians 5 calls us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Just as Ed said in our very first talk, mutual submission is a powerful thing and leads to great relationships. Putting Jesus at the centre of our relationships means we submit to one another. Submitting to one another means decision-making together, how we spend our time, our money, but it also means our mission together. We're not on separate missions any longer, but one mission together. 
I know that might sound obvious, but when roles and responsibilities change, it can be easy to default to the position of whoever's job is most important takes precedent or whoever makes the most money. I remember a time when our boys were small and Ed's roles in church were often up front and mine were often behind the scenes and happening with small children hanging off of me. Now we defaulted to Ed's roles always taking precedent until we realised that I was always getting the worst deal and church was always losing out on my gifts and skills. We reminded ourselves that we had a joint mission and worked out a different way of working that was more equal, more equally valued what we both had to offer. But what might mutual submission look like practically? First, we have to ask, what do you want? Each of us needs to be willing to ask and to listen. Equally, each of us needs to be honest about what I want. Then we ask together, what do we want? and work out together what is best for us, for both of us, for, for our family. Now, I know some couples who won't spend over a certain limit without deciding together what it is. It's a good idea to have regular diary catch-ups and maybe to use the phrase, I'll check and get back to you before committing your time without discussion. But of course, as followers of Jesus, the ultimate question we need to ask each time is what does God want? If we're putting Jesus at the centre of our marriages, then we both need to be submitting together to him, asking how Jesus wants us to spend our time, our energy and our money, and being willing to obey. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. If we put Jesus at the centre of our relationships, then he can become the third strand. Even the best relationships can come under pressure. When both parties are busy or ill or under work pressures or, or there's a crisis happening in family life, that's when the strategies to keep our relationships healthy and whole come under strain. And that's, what, that's when we need to know the power of Jesus at work. This is the time when we need to throw ourselves on God's grace because we've nowhere else to turn, to ask for his strength when ours is giving up, to ask for his patience when ours is running out, to ask for his love when we just don't feel it anymore. The Bible tells us there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, who will never let us down, and his name is Jesus. He's the third strand of the cord, a cord which isn't the same strength as the others, but unbreakable giving strength to the other two. Maybe you are in a relationship and you're just holding on by the skin of your teeth. You don't know how to keep loving and forgiving and trusting because it feels like the other person has used it all up. Maybe you're listening to this talk and it all just sounds so far from reality and it feels like an impossible task. Perhaps your relationship has come to an end and you're feeling hurt and burned by it, and you don't know how to ever be in a relationship again. We'll all, we will all let each other down at some point, because we're human. We'll all say hurtful words or act selfishly, 
but Jesus will never let us down. He's the companion who will never leave us nor forsake us. He's the comforter that will always be there in those times of sadness. He's the one who will always support and guide us, help and comfort us. And he's the one whose unconditional love we can experience into eternity. When we put our primary trust in Jesus, then we can experience healing and wholeness, which in turn brings freedom to trust others. When our security is in Jesus, when, when we can look to him first for comfort, for strength and our identity, we can then weather the storms of our earthly relationships with more security. As I finish, I, I'd like to pray together. Firstly, I want to lead a prayer of commitment for those of us who want our relationships to be more outward looking. If you want to go on a mission with others, then let's pray this together. Jesus, we invite you to be at the centre of our relationships. We choose to put you and your will first. Help us to love others as we are loved by you. We choose to open up our friendships, our families and our homes to welcome others. Help us to be bringers of peace and hope with everyone we meet. Amen. And secondly, I'd like to pray for anyone who is feeling hurt or desperate today. Jesus, we ask you to minister your healing to anyone who is feeling let down or lonely today. Thank you that you are a faithful friend, closer than a brother, who will never leave us nor forsake us. Will you minister to anyone feeling desperate today? Please bring your strength and your refreshment. We look to you, Jesus. We put our hope and our trust in you. Amen.